KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. Well, here's the bad news. Bruno is no Borat. Here's the worst news. Bruno crosses the line like a besotted sprinter from hilariously awful to genuinely awful. This is Sasha Baron Cohn's follow-up to Borat, his big hit from 2006. This time, the English comic actor stars as a blonde, flamboyantly gay fashion journalist from Austria. The movie means to cross lots of lines by confronting straights with aggressive gay behavior and revealing their homophobia, or so the theory goes. It's an exercise in offensiveness, an exploration of over-the-topness, and a gleeful working of both sides of the street with frequent frolics in the gutter. What brings Bruno down, though, is sinful behavior. Baron Cohn commits the cardinal sin of unfunniness. Both Borat and Bruno began life as characters on Sacha Baron Cohn's Da Ali G show. Borat was able to sustain a feature film, however erratically, as a charmingly cockeyed Candide who stumbled from one deadpan misapprehension to another during a cross-country American road trip. There's a bit of that in Bruno and some brightly outrageous stuff in the early stretches. But Bruno is only a provocateur, and so relentless in his provocations, you really don't want to know the extent of his anality or frontal nudity, that his scandalous conduct gets to be tedious and unpleasant. The film wears out its welcome long before the end of its 83-minute running time, even though a coda featuring some celebrated musicians brings it belatedly back to life. Bruno is Sacha Baron Cohn's Transformers, a terrible movie that'll make tons of money. It's a disappointment, but also a puzzlement, because its hugely talented star seems to have mislaid the key ingredient of his formula. Bruno, like Borat, is a mockumentary, a series of encounters with people who may or may not be in on the basic joke that the whole thing is a put-on. In the first film, most of those encounters were deliciously ambiguous. In the new film, though, most of them seem to be put-up jobs involving faux victims on the production payroll— So what's the point, apart from mechanical shock and manufactured controversy? One ambush that was clearly the real thing involves Ron Paul, the libertarian Texas representative and former presidential candidate. During that encounter, Bruno strips seductively down to his skivvies, but the result is only glum embarrassment. Ron Paul wants nothing more than to be out of there, and you can't blame him. Period pieces can be marvelous or musty, depending on the period, as well as the piece. Soul power is marvelous, and no wonder among the performers in this concert film are James Brown, B.B. King, Bill Withers, Miriam McCabe, and Celia Cruz, all at the peak of their powers. The concert, which has come to be called Zaire 74, was supposed to run in conjunction with the Rumble in the Jungle— That's the legendary fight between Muhammad Ali and George Foreman and the subject of Leon Gast's superb 1996 documentary, When We Were Kings. When Foreman cut his eye during training, the fight was delayed six weeks. But the concert went on as scheduled, 12 hours of music and dance over three nights. The new documentary was created with outtakes from the earlier one, which focused on the fight more than the concert. These outtakes, including footage of Ali himself, 
outshine most conventional movies' takes. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.